Welcome back, everyone, to That Amazon Ads Podcast, where we have yet another guest on the show, someone um, that I know personally, Will Hare of Bellavix, and we're very excited to be talking with him today, and he's got some really interesting thoughts around streaming TV, over-the-top advertising strategies, so topics we haven't yet covered on the show, so very excited. But before we dive into all of that, just a couple of quick announcements. The Discord channel is officially live and has been for uh, a little over a week now, and we're up to 200 members in our Discord. And there's a lot of great activity happening there, people sharing ideas, people sharing problems that they're experiencing, and others providing feedback or input. So it's, it's a really great community, and people can come in and talk with me and Andrew directly around any questions on previous episodes, previous topics we've talked about. Or even just if if they're experiencing an issue with a certain keyword and they need some help, we're, we're just kind of giving free advice there. So if you're not in there, I can't think of a single reason why you wouldn't be, right, Andrew? I mean, is there, is yeah. there one reason not to join? It's free, free value, free community, direct line of access to you and me. Yeah, man, it's a great, a great community. Uh, you know, when we first started it, I, I, I think we created it as a, as a place for other people to come learn and, and grow within Amazon. But really what's actually happened is that we're learning as well. Like oh, yeah. Not only are people learning from us and like stuff that we're kind of answering questions and stuff in there, but we're also learning from all the other great minds and individuals that are in that discord. So it's not just us that you're getting access to. There's like a ton of other people. I think we're over 200 members now um, that are in there. And so there's a ton of value, a ton of great resources and people and connections that you can build just from that discord. So definitely yep. get in there. Super valuable. Yeah. And it's cool. It's just, it's real time chat room with people from all over the world. So no matter what time of day you're on, there's always going to be someone that's up and online and it's, it's good stuff. So get in there. And that's the main, that's kind of the main, <clears throat> I guess, uh, announcement. Otherwise, Let's switch over and let's get Will Hare introduced. Will Hare, the uh, I'm not sure what your title is. Will, why don't you let us let us know? The CEO and founder of Bellavix. How would you how would you define your role? Yeah, uh, co-founder, and uh, I'm in charge of uh, uh, marketing and operations of Bellavix. But uh, also, my responsibilities is around advertising. My background is advertising. I've been. Uh, doing advertising for over 12 years and then specifically on Amazon for uh, probably over eight now. And I remember when the platform, there was like no graphs or anything. It was just exporting data and making your own graphs. And now it's it's yep. come a long way. And then the implementation of DSP and everything else. But uh, for all intents and purposes, I'm the co-founder of Bellavix and we are a marketplace management company. Uh, so we help brands scale uh, sales on platforms like Amazon, Walmart, and Target. And then primarily, we're here to talk about Amazon and some OTT, uh, streaming TV and connected devices, which is pretty exciting as uh, if anybody attended the Accelerate event or the advertising event in New York before that, I'm drawing a blank. They were really pushing their premium content. They're getting tons of Emmys on all their shows, and they're really pushing advertisers to, to join streaming TV and, and help. Uh, build brand awareness with uh, with Amazon's tools, resources, and audiences. Yeah, awesome. And and Will, you and I worked together a little bit. Um, I almost came on full time at Bellavix. It, it didn't work out for a couple of. <laughs> I know there there are a couple of of external reasons why why it didn't work, but uh, certainly enjoyed getting to to kind of see behind the curtain of everything that that you guys are doing there and and what you're building and. 
And uh, since then, you've been gracious enough to let me to let me come back and do a couple one-off consulting calls with your team and and talk about a couple advertising strategies. But yeah, Bellavix, it's it's kind of a full house management system, right? You guys are are doing product listings, and are you also doing inventory? Is it is it everything? Uh, everything outside of physically handling inventory. So we do the demand forecasting. Gotcha. We'll work with your third party logistics provider. So we handle a lot of that. Uh, marketing, search engine optimization, and then advertising. We're an Amazon's partner network. We're a service provider too. Um, so we have our own DSP seat, which is which is great. Um, and we have access to Amazon resources. So uh, it's been a heck of a journey. And Stephen, anytime you want to come back, when you get tired of podcasting and all the other stuff you're doing, you always have a home. You let me know. <laughs> well, you know, you don't know the way the uh, the economy is going. Maybe I'll be looking for a job soon. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I hope not for your Hopefully. sake, but you're welcome anytime. Yeah. Well, well, why don't you um, let, let's talk about this this whole streaming TV OTT. Uh, let's let's just kind of kick off with some definitions first of all, since for a lot of people when they just hear OTT. I know the first time I heard OTT, I was in some some big meetings with big clients and bosses, and I'm googling what the heck is OTT, like what I'm trying to figure out in real time, so I don't look like an idiot. Uh, but yeah, anyone who's listening to this, um, I'm sure everyone's going to be exposed to these concepts of STV and OTT in, in marketing meetings in the future. So it's it's good if if you haven't already had experience in that to start getting that knowledge so that when the time comes, you know that's where a lot of the big opportunity. Is happening. That's where a lot of the big budgets are moving. So it's certainly important for our audience to, to be aware of those things. So yeah, why don't you kind of help us figure out kind of some, some terms and terminology here and, and how best to understand these concepts. Yeah, beautiful. So we'll start with OTT. That's over, I think it's over the top television. I forgot what the last T stands for. I just Something say like OTT. That, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and it's that, over the top, which isn't super clear what that means, yeah. but keep going. Yeah. Over the top of what and what's under it. Uh, but I think it's over anyway. the top. I think it's over the top of the kitchen or the coffee table, I think is like, it's this, the content's oh. coming over the top of the uh, bookcase You got to love when they that, take that like these, his, <laughs> these historical concepts, like everybody had a TV station that they, they mounted their, to- their TVs on. So that makes sense how it spells. It's like the equivalent of a Rolodex, which is like your LinkedIn or whatever. Well, uh, but yeah, oh, so that's like OTT. over the top of the funnel, over the top of the funnel, maybe. Oh, so yeah. up, it's not funnel, even the top of the funnel. You know, it's over it's the not, top. Yeah. It's over that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would love to hear everybody's comments uh, in the YouTube, wherever you guys post this, because it would be really interesting. We can just make up acronyms for fun. So, uh, yep. But pretty exciting. But yeah, it's our ability to add, to showcase video ads, uh, 15 or 30 second spots on uh, third party uh, networks as well as like Amazon assets. So it's our ability to show ads, uh, not in streaming devices, like this is streaming TV where you'll get it like Prime Video and Amazon. Uh, but this is other websites that allow for video content. And it's our ability to get our videos in front of shoppers that, you know, are contextually interested. They're they're in the market or they're, you know, if they're a jogger and they're watching jogging videos, I'm assuming joggers do that, uh, then we might, as long as they're part of this supply, have the ability to serve them ads uh, before they consume content. And then streaming TV, which is the other part of this, uh, is our ability to serve ads on, you know, connected devices through Amazon Prime Video, through Paramount, through like all the other streaming networks. And Amazon has it worked out where uh, in order to be, you know, uh, to have access to those videos or 
to work with Amazon. Probably say it wrong, but they guarantee 30% of their supply for Amazon advertising. We got this from our Amazon rep. So we know, you know, if I want to advertise on HGTV and you can't get that specific, but for example, if my ads were going to show up on HGTV app, HGTV has left 30% of its ad supply available uh, for Amazon uh, advertisers to serve content. And that's, and we really like, we do some, it's, it's all works together. So like if we get a video asset, you know, we're going to go bottom of the funnel up. So you're, you'll do your sponsored brand video. Uh, we will do some OTT and then we'll do some streaming TV, but obviously you're kind of working higher up in the funnel and your, your KPIs are going to change uh, as you get, uh, get higher up in the funnel and also what the priorities are for the campaigns. So when we're talking about OTT, or STV, it's specifically video advertising, right? OTT is, is exclusive for video or are there other? This was literally my question too. This, I was going to ask like, you, you've been, you said there was a sort of delineation between OTT and streaming TV. Could you maybe break that down and tell us like what the differences are between those things? Because I've always used them synonymously almost like just in conversation. So can you explain that difference to us? Yeah, us as well. And it's just where it serves in the funnel. So obviously, somebody who's being entertained uh, in front of their TV is going to be in a different spot than where they are on their devices or anywhere else that might be consuming data, consuming this content. For, but for all intents and purposes, there's not that much of a difference. The difference comes when we get those videos on sponsored brand videos, or for example, and that would obviously be lower in the funnel than, than these OTT and streaming TV. Uh, from a volume perspective, uh, there's a lot more volume on uh, streaming TV, but it's a little more expensive. So like right now, our typical CPMs uh, for some of the streaming TV initiatives are, you know, anywhere between $25 to $35 a CPM, which is obviously a lot more than, you know, what you might traditionally get on DSP, which could be anywhere from $2, which would be really cheap, but typically between like $8 and $12. So it, it's significantly more of an investment. And then, you know, the OTT is around the same. So video is a little more expensive per impression. Yeah. So you were a minute ago, you were talking about how if a client does have some video content, you're going to start from the bottom of the funnel and you're and work your way up. And, and you started with sponsor brand video. And I assume you're, you're putting that at the bottom of the search funnel because it's it's uh, or, sorry, bottom of the funnel because it is search based in that you are yeah. targeting keywords, people who, especially on Amazon, searching with typically high intent to buy, much much closer towards towards that at least purchase stage of, of their journey. And then what was the one that you put above that? Was it, did, did you say sponsor display video right right above? Yeah, sponsor brand. And then above yeah. that one, you then jump into to DSP, OTT, OTT, and, and that's, streaming TV. And I would group those and, all together. Yeah. And OTT and streaming TV are all kind of part of DSP, right? They're, they're officially like under the, well, sorry, obviously, obviously there are other channels, but when we're talking about Amazon, that is where they take place on the DSP. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so what are some of like those, those big main advantages or actually before we actually get, get into that, why don't you actually help us understand what is a good client for this uh, ad solution because, and, and I don't think he, you probably didn't get a chance to, to see it. Will, but we did have a, a couple weeks ago, uh, an episode all around DSP with, uh, Sam Lee 
And some yeah. of the things that he was commenting on was that he was saying you should really only start looking at uh, DSP and display and audience targeting after you've fully tapped that whole, all the opportunity that you can within search. Mm-hmm. Once you've gotten to the point of just like diminishing returns, you fully saturated kind of all, all the best keywords. And there's just like, for every dollar you put in, you're getting nothing out, not quite nothing, but you know what I mean? Like really, really low yeah. ROAS. Then you go over to DSP, which just opens you up to much wider audiences that aren't necessarily mm-hmm. actively searching to buy, but they certainly could be uh, willing to buy if if you, your product is right and the timing is right. So um, given that, how would you say now, if people are deciding to move into DSP because they've kind of fully tapped search, um, what client is going to best be taking advantage of of these these tactics here, these video tactics? Beautiful, great question. And first, give me some credit. I did catch your Samly episode. I try to catch a lot of your guys' episodes. Okay, really sorry. premium content. So anybody tuning in for the first time, uh, that's a great episode to check out. And uh, overall, these guys do some killer work. Uh, outside of that, who's a good fit? So it varies, and it comes down to to the brand. So like, yes, the implementation of DSP should be you know, when you've really saturated or you're you're having trouble expanding efficiently in terms of ROAS, uh, your pay-per-click. So we've hit a point. It's great to generate awareness, but it's like, what's the goal of of this this product that the, that Amazon's offering? And it's to build audiences and it's to get mass appeal around a specific product line. So typically, typically the brands we work with are very similar to what Sam uh, mentioned in his uh, his episode, it's like we hit some form of sales stagnation and we're trying to build audiences and we're trying to get new to brand shoppers and we're trying to get exposure of our brand to uh, a wider range of shoppers. So that's great. Uh, but Amazon has some really great programs for small businesses. So for example, we're working with two launch brands that are coming from private equity. So they're funded. So like this isn't great for everyone. But right now, Amazon has a STV Lite program, and they are pushing hardcore. I don't know when this is going to go away. So by the time we're filming this, it's like October 2023. Uh, But they will be pushing this into the new year as far as we know. But as of right now, Amazon will for a $15,000 investment, which all of that investment gets pushed to the streaming TV platform for advertising. And you could spread this out over 90 days. So typically, 5K a month. Uh, they'll actually create a video for you uh, at no cost. And they're hiring these uh, third-party video agencies, uh, creative agencies hmm. that are shoot like actors uh, on location, uh, beautiful videos. I mean, it's crazy that they're pretty much really? giving this us hmm. for free. Uh, and it's our ability to kind of use those. But we have to guarantee that that 15K investment. Um, and there's also like if you're supplement, like there's certain category restrictions um, or products that they're not allowed to drive. So it's a long winded way of saying it, it is potentially an opportunity for any brand, but it's definitely not right for any brand. What I will say is if you're at a point uh, where you have great online sales, but you're not seeing that spillover onto Amazon. So like uh, we have a, a supplement brand that's doing like half a million dollars off of Amazon. We're doing like a tenth of that on Amazon because they're a launch brand. They're only a few months into mm. the project. We're strongly considering, uh, actually, we've already started. We're getting streaming TV going because we're trying to build that audience. They already have a great reputation. Um, so we're going to build that out. So 
I think, I think it's kind of scenario driven, uh, but I will say it should be a brand that's generating revenue. It should be somebody who's uh, gotten past their minimal viable product. Uh, they have good branding. They're working with influencers and they're trying to expand their reach. At the, at the end of the day, like if you're a brand and you're like, how do I get access to more customers? How do I build a larger audience with the goal of building my retargeting pool and serving, you're bringing these customers down the funnel, then this could be a great option uh, for you to consider. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Lots of things uh, are, all, are all piecing together and make, make it sense. So, so the I did see that custom videos. You know, the last time I the last time I was trying to really kind of uh, when I, when I, or no, it wasn't even the last time. I've been doing DSP a lot more recently too. But I, I guess in some of the I, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. The first time, not the last time. The first time <laughs> I was getting into to DSP, um, Amazon was offering video creation, but this was like 2019. Or, or oh, wow. maybe even a little later, and and they were just doing basically they would take your product images and just like animate oh, them yeah. against backgrounds. Yeah, I've with seen those too. Terrible. Yeah, terrible. And, and uh, but the fact that they would invest in that they would invest in actual like a production company to create you some high quality stuff with with actors and everything actually makes a lot of sense because Amazon knows hey if you can get a good performing video. Amazon's going to be breaking in all the cash with all of the supply of, mm-hmm. of inventory that they're selling you. So it's actually a pretty good business model from Amazon. And were you saying it was it was completely free or, or it's that 15,000 just like investment? Over 90 days. So you have to get, you sign and say, I guarantee I'll spend 15K over the course of 90 days. That's the minimum. Yeah. Obviously, like for $25 to $35 CPM model, that's not a lot of funding. But for the ability to create a video, great. Yeah. You... Can't take the video off of Amazon, but you can use it for sponsored uh, brands, sponsored display. So like you oh, own you can. it. What's also cool, they'll put a little QR cool. code on there. Um, so you can use a QR code version. And yeah. uh, in a case study, I'll tell you guys a little later, we have some really great results uh, for running streaming TV ads with a beauty brand where we got a lot of uh, engagement with the QR code, which is pretty exciting. And okay. it's like one of the few ways that we can better track and uh, to the point, yeah, um, I've heard on previous podcasts, but like uh, obviously when you know when the shoppers exposed from the top of the funnel or from these streaming TV ads, like there's it's difficult to track ROAS. So like that's not our main KPI because along their journey, there's lots of opportunities for them to get caught up in DSP or like another advertising vehicle that will will get the credit for that. So you know what we're looking for is like a lift in uh, search volume. Uh, we get the brand lift report that Amazon generates, and then we, you know, use some software on the back end just to be like, are we seeing uh, a volume lift uh, from using this? And then because it's a CPM model, it's like over time, so generally you're not going to see results right away. It's kind of like a slow burn, but with some of these, like the the beauty brand uh, that we we got them up for like three months into the process, the first thirty days. With the QR code running on streaming TV, uh, we saw a 36% lift in our search uh, performance. So we noticed that we were not only placing better, uh, but we were getting more detailed page views uh, as a result. And then Mm. in the first 30 days, we got 99 scans of our QR code that led back Mm. to our detailed page views. So like, you know, like the, the lift in search volume, like 
yeah, I guess yeah. we could kind of tie it to it. We have some indirect uh, metrics, but what was really interesting was like, you know, 99 shoppers that we weren't otherwise exposed to have, you know, were compelled yeah. enough to bust out their cell phones and, and scan that QR code, which is pretty exciting. And, and you said that was within the first 30 days? Within the first 30, and that's what's surprising because it's supposed to be a slow burn. Yeah. So when we got, and it could be anomaly, like, you know, it's a, it's a small data set, but, you know, 99, 99 scans in 30 days is crazy. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do some math here to see what the scan rate is to the, uh, to the number of impressions. I'm, I'm thinking, all right, if they spent $5,000 in that first month, $25 CPM, that's like 200,000, I think, impressions. So relatively it's a, it's a low, it's a low, I think, engagement rate. Um, but Mm -hmm. obviously there's a lot more that's happening than just the QR code. Like that's not why we do these. The QR code is, is more of a recent development that Amazon's done to just kind of help skip one step. So if the person is going to come and search for your brand, that's typically how, how a lot of these, these channels will start measuring the performances. Is there an increase in, in branded traffic search volume, or even like you were saying, well, like maybe even in just overall your, your sponsor product performance starts doing better because even in non-brand keywords, people now have some recognition of your brand and, and you have a reputation with these customers. And so when they discover you in search, whether organically or through paid, you know, you'll, you'll have some better performance there. But I do know that the QR code, um, has been something that Amazon's really been pushing in the past couple of years, which I think is certainly interesting that they're even doing this thing when Andrew and I were, were speaking with some reps back in, when was that? When were we, February, March, early this year when we were in New York, Andrew? When, what what month yeah, was that? I don't remember. I think it was March. Yeah, but they were uh, even showing a package where what they would do for brands is they, let's say you have your target audience, you know, let's say it's a beauty brand or whatever, and Amazon knows from its prime members who's more typically buying beauty brand products and what they'll do is for those individuals who are typically buying beauty brand products, they will wrap the package with your brand's branding, like all over yeah. the Amazon Prime box. And then they add the QR code there so that people can can scan it on their phone when they open the package. So it's interesting all these ways in which Amazon's trying to help brands out, but also Amazon's charging for it. So Amazon's helping themselves yeah. as well. Uh, I mean, but, Amazon's a casino. If it's not working for them, it's not happening. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What I will say too, so another thing to consider, so like if you're an agency, you're in the space, I'm assuming because this is technical, there's advertisers listening to this. So if you're setting this up for the first time or you're talking with a rep, one thing that, that really took us back in the process that uh, still kind of annoys me, uh, we have like, like, let's just say our beauty or supplement brand, like when it was pitched to us, we were excited because we're like, oh my God, we can get. Uh, this brand on HGTV and Bravo and like all these really relevant platforms that like we know our audiences, like women between X and X, like it'd be great to get our ads there. So one of the drawbacks, and this is why like uh, a connected TV service like Mountain MNTN uh, is maybe a little better if you like really want to dive deep into it they will let us exclude only 16 apps. Outside of that, our inventory will just get dispersed to wherever that inventory is available. Um, and there isn't a lot of control over it. So like for all intents and purposes, our beauty brand could be showing up on, on Fox News or CNN where 
uh, our client might not want. So we have the ability to put some restrictions in place, um, but it, it's kind of painful that we can't just be like, we want to be on these 10 apps and only these 10 apps. Right. And I think that's an advantage, yeah. a disadvantage on Amazon's side, but an advantage for some of these other connected TV where I can say, all right, you know, I'm going to work with you guys. These are the 10 apps we want to be on. Uh, and then they'll have the ability to like create a custom package for us uh, that we can we can get in front of those audiences. So it's still great. You're still building awareness and there's still like audi- like audiences we can build and there's still like um, ways we could kind of somewhat uh, focus our, our efforts. Uh, but specifically with the streaming TV, one of the drawbacks is like we really don't have a lot of control uh, over where that inventory shows up. Hmm. Yeah, that's certainly a definite limitation there uh, with, you know, Mm -hmm. dictating where you're targeting and everything. Amazon's DSP certainly has a lot of robust capabilities. And uh, when it comes, we were talking a lot about uh, trackability and attribution of sales. You kind of mentioned that, you know, typically with these, these ad, this ad type streaming TV, OTT, you're maybe not going to see quite the return that you may see in maybe a search or a DSP campaign. Um, There's a lot of different tactics that generate different returns. Um, But you did kind of uh, allude to this trickle down effect that kind of happens through using these other ad types like streaming TV, like DSP, and just the overall impact that you're able to measure and and see within your search ads as well. I'm curious if, uh, number one, what, what are some of the KPIs that you're really looking at to gauge whether you're having success with streaming TV and OTT, whether these tactics that you're deploying are effective, what types of KPIs are you looking at? And then number two, this, you know, this idea of measuring the impact of conversion when, when you're running uh, streaming TV, DSP and search versus just DSP and search versus just search. Are you mm. leveraging any, any tools like Amazon Marketing Cloud to actually pull out those that real tangible impact and, and show that data that you're, um, you're generating a higher purchase rate whenever you, these ads are hitting these customers multiple times in different stages of the funnel? And maybe that uh, conversion happens on search, but started with streaming TV. And so are you guys utilizing any of those things? Yeah, absolutely. And to be perfectly transparent, I'll give a shout out to PackView. We have uh, implemented uh, PackView in the last year. And a large piece of that was because of their integration with AMC. So uh, through PackView, we're tracking a lot of those KPIs. And for anybody out there, you know, it's really cost effective and they're a great team. So we've been leveraging that technology and we're looking at, you know, reach unique users, uh, impressions, uh, search volume lift, and then obviously trying to tie that back to uh, the different campaigns and initiatives. Uh, and then new to brand purchases would be the other uh, big KPI that we're focused on. And it kind of, it all works together. And there's like rough, like rough data would be, you know, people use PPC and, like PPC and bottom of the funnel DSP, it's like an 8% lift. And then those who do PPC, DSP, and uh, OTT, we're seeing like anywhere from, you know, over time, uh, I think it's like 20 to 22% lift over, uh, I think we're looking over like a six-month period. No, sorry, over a 28-day period when, measuring the the previous period before we start um so it does connect it all the way but it's um you know it's uh 
it's still difficult to track, to be perfectly transparent. So we really try to piece the data together to tell that story um, to our clients so that they understand that this, this is a mechanism to build audiences and kind of these are the tools we use. Um, hopefully that helps. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's, that's super important. Um, I'm, I'm curious is, uh, is view through like your view through rate or the view length, like how average watch time, is that something that you're super interested in when it comes to these streaming TV ads? Uh, we have not been focusing as much on that. Um, and I'll have to touch base with the team cause I'm not a hundred percent sure if I'm correct. I believe that the commercials are not skippable on the streaming TV, but I'm unsure about the OTT. So I'm not a hundred percent sure guys. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Um, and then you, you mentioned kind of the analysis that you're kind of doing is, is more so like, here's, here's the performance we were generating prior to adding in these new tactics and then showing the performance after and just measuring that, that change in lift, you know, from, from only having certain ad types to adding additional tactics. So that's, I think that's super helpful and important for people to, uh, understand and, and just have some ideas for ways that they can, you know, measure the impact of these ads, whether it be through something like marketing cloud, through PackView, or, you know, just measuring the the changes over time uh, versus, you know, times when you didn't have it on. So that's great. Yeah. So, so I had a, a quick question in my experience, which is very limited on this, <laughs> on this <laughs> particular topic, but it really seems like the only thing that's going to make or break uh, this strategy for any client or brand is the quality of the video. Like, I feel like yeah. that's just got to be the number one, just most important thing. And it's essentially, I mean, it's the same as think about like when people are running Super Bowl commercials, the content has to be good because they're paying a fortune for it. Mm -hmm. So if you spend all that money to win that ad placement, just to have a commercial that's like not engaging, loses people's attention and interest off the bat to the point where they, they leave the room, you just burn through that cash. And if you would have just had a good, you know, like Bud Light's famous for their like funny commercials or whatever, you know, yeah. you could have you could have had sales, I guess. Obviously, we can't really uh, measure the sales from those traditional television programming. And that's where kind of the value, the added value comes in with streaming TV, connected TV, OTT, and so with that being said, how much of, you know, and, and I know that this whole concept's a bit newer for, for everyone too. So I'm, maybe some of these things are still, you know, we're all still thinking about them, but how much of like the creative testing are we able to do with these videos and with Amazon specifically, are we allowed to do reiterations if we're just like, yo, the, the QR scan rate's really low, we need better videos. Like, so I guess kind of two questions there. First of all, does Amazon let us, you know, reiterate creatives? And then secondly, like, what's the your game plan, your business game plan for A-B testing these creatives? That's a great question. I'm glad you brought it up because we do actually test it. It's not how you probably think it is. Um, so with Amazon, yes, we can, if we, they'll only create one video and the video is going to be high quality. So far, you know, I think we've generated close to 10 videos at this point. They're all really good. I mean... Uh, professional studio quality. So we're always really impressed, which is why we're pushing a lot of our brands before they take this away. Um, and we are technically able to test, but for us, it's kind of expensive. Like at a 25 to $35 CPM, it's a lot of money to run some tests to be straight with you. 
Uh, so what we've been doing is we're leveraging sponsored brand videos. And so we'll do things like funny, serious, heartfelt, and we'll test the concept on there first. And when we find what really resonates with our audience, uh, we'll obviously push that on streaming TV. Ideally, and how it's worked in the past is like we're already kind of running these tests if we're managing your advertising. So like we'll know the type of messaging that really resonates. And then when we're starting the STV process and they're doing their content discovery or whatever you call it, where they, they get all the information they need to start creating the video, we're able to share stuff like, hey, uh, here's an example of a video that works really well in advertising. Here's a handful of competitor videos that we think would work really well. So we're able to kind of share that and give uh, the team who's going to create that content what we're looking for. Um, so we do kind of test it, but like I said, it's expensive to test on streaming TV. So we prefer to do the testing on a like a low cost level before we we bring it up. And if you don't have that, I'm not sure if Pick do Pick Food does video, but we like we've used that for for images. So that could be an opportunity. And then there's other websites. Can't think of the nit off the top of my head that you could use, uh, but primarily we've been using sponsored brand video to vet out concepts um, before we. We consider bringing them to streaming TV, if that makes sense. All right. So here's the real question. Here's the real kicker. So you you said you took that video that Amazon gave you, and you also put it into sponsor brand video. So you've now running it on STV, which is mm-hmm. uh, short for my nickname, Steve. That's what, actually what that means. <laughs> Just kidding. But you got streaming TV and then SBV, right? Yeah. Between those two, um, how would you think through and compare the performance between like which one's doing better? Where do you, I mean, maybe, yeah, I'll just let you start with that. And then I'll have some follow-up yeah. questions. Yeah, t- a totally ROAS on the sponsor brand video level. So we're looking for click-through rate, obviously. How many times does our video show up? How many customers are clicking? And then what leads to purchases? So we're using bottom of the funnel KPIs in order to vet these uh, videos out. And it's just, the philosophy we're going with. I'm sure uh, there may be smarter ways to do it, but that's how we're doing it at Bellavix. For for both channels, those are the main KPIs? Oh, I'm sorry. Just for the sponsor brand to test it in order to bring it up uh, to the streaming TV level. Uh, we are not doing any split testing because it's too expensive uh, on the streaming TV level. So we're still looking at, you know, we're running pretty much one video that has already been pre-vetted and approved uh, on streaming TV. Um, so there's no variations off that. We kind of pick the winner based on the sponsored brand video performance uh, and just testing that, you know, what messaging look and feel works the best. Um, so that's primarily how we're doing it. Do you ever look at CPMs on your sponsor brand videos? We don't, but I'd love to hear your thinking of maybe why we should. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, it's, uh, I'm not saying that you should or shouldn't. I just, the question, the idea just popped in my head yeah. as we were here talking because I was wondering, you know, I was, at first I was going to say, well, if conversion rate on sponsored brand video is higher than streaming TV, maybe you should put all your spend there. But obviously, I think one of the reasons why people do go to streaming TV is just the audience size. You can just get much yeah. larger audiences, sponsored brands. It's like that one placement in search and people might just scroll right past it, you know? And so I was yeah. thinking, you know, the CPMs on sponsored brand, you probably can't get as many impressions. And frankly, the CPMs might actually be quite a bit higher 
because you're paying so much per click and you're getting not that many impressions per search potentially. I don't know. I might actually go look at my CPMs on my sponsor brand videos right now. <laughs> see, see what they're at. I'll let Andrew I mean, throw a question out there while I Compared that. to the placements for sure. Yeah. And I'd say, I mean, the biggest difference and why I like, I guess we wouldn't look at CPMs, uh, especially on the sponsor brand video. It's just like where the shopping behavior, like where the shopper is in their journey. Um, so they're at the bottom of the funnel. They're more engaged. There's also search volume based on the keyword. So it's, and it's, it's a smaller, it's a smaller audience. Like why we're doing streaming TV or we got to the point where we're considering streaming TV. It's because we're, we feel like we saturated the PPC market. We're looking to expand our DSP. We're outside of the bottom of the funnel of DSP. And we're just like, how do we get access to a bigger audience that we can work through our funnel? Um, so, yeah. so yeah, so I guess it's just less, uh, it, it's different. I guess I'd have to reverse engineer it though. It's a cool concept to think of too. And actually I've never measured my CPMs for, uh, for sponsored brand videos. So uh, maybe a good exercise for the Bella Vix team too. I'll tell you here, I'm not sure how accurate this is, but for this one account I'm looking at, looking at the previous month, the uh, cost per 1000 viewable impressions, that's uh, the added, I guess, clarified, or this is Amazon's viewable impressions was uh, $68.50. Wow. C- wow, that is really high. Okay. I mean, small subset of data, so we'll, we'll, uh, it could be an outlier. Yeah. But man, I, I, honestly, I thought it would be less. I thought it would be less than... Uh, yeah, than, now the, the than... conversion rates are... Um, I mean, the conversion, conversion rates are pretty strong. It's a mix of brand and non-brand and all that kind of stuff. But the point here is just that there's so limited inventory. And I think... Most of the time when people are running sponsor brand videos, they're not so focused with, with just planting the seeds. Cause, and that's, I think the big thing is like the format and the experience, I should say, of the video, seeing the tiny little video in search, especially if you're on mobile, just this tiny little thing in yeah. the, the search page that you have to hit unmute. You know, that's one way to experience a video, but it's so much, you know, if you're, you know, yeah. logging into Amazon or whatever, you're going to watch something on prime and something takes up the full screen and it has a, a hook of an intro and it's like, you know, advertising whatever product, that's going to leave a much larger impression on the consumer compared to a little thing in search, a little sponsor brand video. So that's a good point. Mobile. And we know like more people shop on Amazon via mobile. I, I don't even know the last time I logged on Amazon for, as a shopper via my computer. You know, my wife and I, we do all of it on the phone. So that makes a lot of sense too. And yeah. Uh, having it on your big screen TV while you're sitting down uh, as a family to watch some video content is going to be a much better experience. Just as we kind of wrap up here, I, I had a couple questions, probably a little more unrelated to just streaming TV, just OTT, more so just um, just what you're seeing in the Amazon space in general right now, I think is where I'm going with this. But you know, a lot has changed over the years, right? In terms of uh, different marketing capabilities, uh, different platforms we now have access to, tactics we can utilize. It's changed a ton. What do you feel like most brands are are missing whenever it comes to a you know this full funnel strategy? Is it this streaming TV and OTT that that most brands you you interact with are not leveraging, not using? That is like that next layer of of strategy to add in, or are you seeing that most brands maybe aren't there and it's only like a pocketed few that are actually ready for it? Um, I'm really curious to to hear your thoughts on that. 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's, I would say, honestly, what I, what most brands we take on, it's usually, um, it's usually they're not even using DSP or if they're using DSP, they're not even using it properly, let alone streaming TV and OTT. Uh, a lot of times they'll come to us and they'll be like, oh, we tried DSP, but we didn't get the ROAS we were looking for. And it's like, well, that's not exactly how you use DSP. Um, you know, there's, depending on the targeting and what the goals are, you know, we try to do the bottom up approach and we like to use tacos, but we actually don't use that with streaming TV. We only use that for the DSP and PPC working together. So I think that's the biggest piece that's missing. I still think uh, while we're promoting it to a lot of our brands, our typical brands are of a certain size. So they're, you know, on average, they're probably doing between 10 to $15 million a year uh, on Amazon. So like, they have budgets at this point. They understand uh, full funnel marketing and advertising. They're likely already doing it on their D 2 C website. So, like, it's an easier it's an easier sell, and it's easy for the team to buy into it because they already understand how it works. So, I think it's a really smaller uh, overall subset of uh, of uh, sellers that can actually use that. I think uh, what I'm thinking of the mass uh, miss for most sellers is like. They put all their effort into PPC and they get really granular and they're like, um, you know, they're, they're splitting hairs and they're pushing for like a slightly better ROAS when the bigger opportunity is like get on DSP, build some audiences, think about mid funnel and even some upper funnel tactics that's going to help uh, expand your audience, expand your reach and then drive more uh, awareness and overall sales. And that's where, like, I love to use tacos with that. So I see DSP being the bigger miss than streaming TV at the moment. But who, who's to say in a couple of years, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It'll, it'll change for sure. I mean, people yeah. will start adopting DSP much more widespread and, you know, it'll become a lot more frequent that you'll see that. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts on that. I think that's uh, right on the money. Um, and I think, you know, your point about how people are just overly focused on that lower stage of the funnel, just only driving conversions, trying to squeak out that extra, um, improvement in ROAS. Like if you're doing that, seems like maybe that's not necessarily, if you're hyper granular already, you're super dialed in on your PPC, you know, starting to look into upper funnel tactics is, is kind of that next step for you. Now that cool. Well, well, thanks for, for coming on and, and talk with us. I might have to go, go. I didn't know that there was free video content. Frankly, I didn't try to move any of my clients to streaming TV because they just, their current videos are just trash. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to pay $25 CPMs for videos that I think are going to get people saying, you know, the, you know, the consumers that can hit the dot, 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 not interested in this, please never show me this again. Like, yeah. <laughs> You know, we don't, we, the, we could have net negative effects happen with our brand if you don't have good content. So but yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. You'll have to, uh, maybe offline, Will, you can send me some of those, uh, uh, some examples of the videos that Amazon's been doing for you, for your team. I'd be very curious Absolutely. to see it, but why don't you leave, leave everyone with a little bit of a send off and, and let them know where they can, uh, best get in touch with you. Um, yeah, we're, we're working if they have questions or they just want to get in touch and find out more about Bellavix, where's the pl- best place to go? Heck yeah, thanks. So uh, check out the website, bellavix.com, V-I-X.com. We have a, a newsletter we post weekly about uh, news and changes to the platform that affects sellers. It's really popular. And then personally, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Will Hare, like on your head with an E. 
uh, and I post stuff pretty regularly. You could direct message me if you're considering streaming TV and you're kind of, or you're going through the nuances or even interested in DSP or anything like that. I'm happy uh, to share resources with you or, uh, or if it makes sense uh, do some audits or anything else, but either way, gentlemen, this has been a pleasure. I love talking about streaming TV and, and everything else that comes with Amazon. So thanks so much for the opportunity and having me on as a guest. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to that Amazon ads podcast. Will, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for coming on. We will see you next time.